0: I can't stand most blog-style programs out there. So that was a direct quote that I had in episode number six on group programming. And in that episode, I explained exactly why that was the case. Basically, there's this top-down approach where these blog-style programs are programmed for only the very top athletes. So they're games athletes that are doing the program. That's who the program's written for and everyone else who's doing the program doesn't really get thought of until after the fact and where everything gets scaled down, rather than as you're programming, thinking about all the demographics of people that you have that could be doing your program and trying to optimize it for as many people as possible. So since that episode on group programming and several others on that topic, um, since they've published, I've had a pretty strong response from people um, just wanting me to ironically start a group program. And as of today, I'm launching a program called the Protocol. Zorfitness.com. In this bonus episode, I'm going to be talking about the principles and methods that I'm going to be using in Zor's new online training program. Hey, it's Ben Wise, and this is The Fitness Movement. Fitness Movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. Zor Fitness is my company and my platform to deliver incredible training-related content to people just like you. I don't just podcast. I write in-depth fitness articles. I break down common movements in the support of fitness. I program workout plans, and I offer one-on-one coaching for competitive and recreational athletes. And the best part is most of what I have on ZorFitness.com is totally free. Check out these resources by going to ZorFitness.com. That's Z-O-A-R Fitness.com. Hope to see you there. And welcome back to my rant on group programming for CrossFit athletes. So today I'm going to be going over a lot of the tools and principles and methods uh, that I currently am using to program for the protocol. So the first thing I want people to know is that I'm going to be taking as much ownership um, of the people doing this program as possible, Um, starting out. Again, I don't have a huge following, so there's not going to be a, a just a massive amount of people doing the program, which again, a lot of the online training programs do, which can be potentially a benefit to them, but it can also kind of be where you get lost in the crowd. Um, so the goal is for me to have a lot of hands on work with these people. So the first question I get asked is like, who's this program for? Um, this program is for people who want to train for the sport of fitness. So that could include people who are aspiring to be high-level athletes where they want to go to a sanctionals um, or possibly qualify for the games, Um, but it can also just be people who want to train in a functional way. And if they also want to, you know, maybe enter in a local comp or do the open or do a local triathlon or 5K or something like all of that stuff that they can be ready to jump into that. Yeah, just as their life kind of dictates. Um, So that's who the program's for. So let's talk about like the principles that I'm actually using as I'm thinking about programming for this. Um, One of the things that's most important to me is that I'm creating some amount of individualization um, within this program. So rather than just rolling out a standard or a rigid program, that I'm finding ways to incorporate individualization for the people doing it. And again, this is one of the things I had mentioned in episode number six, where um, a really simple way to individualize things. which almost all programs do is things like percentages, but taking that and really expanding upon um, how can you incorporate that for in different modalities? So like gymnastics versus cyclical, not just weightlifting, um, and also doing that for metcons and also doing that for skill work and like finding ways where if people don't have certain skills or they're trying to learn certain skills, how can we? mesh all these things together. Um, And this is one of the reasons why I actually haven't done this group programming up to this point is because I know that that's extremely challenging. And yes, I was really hard on a lot of other programs out there, but at the same time, I do think it's a a good time for me to jump into this. So the way that I'm doing this individualization is through silos. So different athletes are going to fit into each one of these different silos. And that way they self-select to doing a certain amount of specified work. So let's go through some examples of some siloed work. So if we start with gymnastics, um, for example, if we have a group of people who can do muscle ups, um, I might have them do an EMOM where maybe it's say 35 to 45% of their, let's just say it's bar muscle up rep max every minute on the minute. If we have a different group and they maybe have one or two muscle-ups, but they have several chest-to-bar, they can be doing, again, some sort of interval chest-to-bar work. If we have another demographic or silo of people, we can have them doing some strict pulling strength so that they can build into the, the later silos. So, again, it's just a way to get people to self-select into the correct group so that their training is appropriate. Let's do the same thing for weightlifting work. So, say we're having people work on um, their cleans, Right. For example, silo one could be doing, say, if your uh, squat clean is above 85% of your front squat, you could be doing five sets of three front squat at maybe 84% with a two minute rest between something like that, where you're driving the squat numbers because you're already a fairly efficient lifter. You don't need to work on your technique nearly as much where silo two, if we have someone who's less efficient, where their squat clean is less than 85% of the front squat, they might get to do something where it's like six by two of squat clean at 82%, where they're dropping and resetting between, and they get a little bit of a shorter rest between where they're working more technique. So again, it's a way to get people to have the effect out of the workout that's appropriate for you rather than just assuming someone's in this bucket or based on where the games level athletes are at another way that i might do this might be silo number one is if your snatch one rep max is above 250 or 175 you're going to build to a three position snatch at rpe8 then some snatch battery work so maybe it's on the minute or every 75 seconds um, you're going to hit a relatively heavy rep Silo two might be if your snatch one RM is between 200 and 250 pounds for a male or 140 to 175 for a female, then you're going to be doing a complex of hang snatch plus snatch at RPE eight. And then you're going to repeat it two more times for three total working sets. And then silo three, which... Realistically, most people are going to be here. Is if your snatch one rep max is below 200 for males, or below 140 for females, then you're going to be doing six cluster sets. So 1.1.1. Um, so in other words, you're going to do a rep, you'll rest about 15 seconds, you'll hit the next rep, you'll rest 15 seconds, and then hit the final rep at 75%, and then you're climbing up to 85% across those five sets. With the goal being to be as consistent as possible and to have no misses. So again, everyone's going to be working the same sort of qualities or maybe same movements or same intentions of different workouts. However, you get the most appropriate workout for you by creating these silos. Um, Let's go over another one for skills. So something like uh, double unders is a skill that a lot of people have a lot of issues with. So for some people... They just need to work on getting their double unders. other people are somewhat proficient, but they're not super consistent. Some people they have their double unders they are fairly polished and it's more about um, when their legs are blown up or when their breathing's really jacked up that that's when they have issues with it. So those are kind of the three different silos that I would have created here. Um, Silo one, again, if someone has less than 10 double unders unbroken consistently, then it's just a matter of them actually getting better at the skill of double unders. So it might be like a 10 minute clock of, um, Working your way through a progression of different drills for double unders, like penguin hops and double down drills with your uh, wrists, and you know single doubles and all these different drills that we could have available to us. Um, Working your way through those to really develop and hone the skill. And the coordination that you need for double unders. Um, if we have cycle number two, um, say they have between ten and fifty double unders unbroken consistently, they might be doing something like every two minutes for five sets. You're just doing a max set of unbroken double unders, and that way we can really make sure that the fatigue stays pretty low. If we have someone who can do two hundred in a set, they're just going to be doing them continuously, basically. Obviously, that's not the goal. So it's, again, it's a way to create boundaries by the, using these silos. Um, number three is if someone has got more than 50 unbroken consistently, then they're going to be doing a 10 minute EMOM of, On the odd minutes, so like minutes one, three, five, um, et cetera, they'll be doing 25 to 40 double unders, but as quickly as possible. And then on the even minutes, so like two, four, six, et cetera, a 40 second air bike at 90% of your 10 minute test average wattage. So again, even within that, there's individuality built in where people are going to be doing them maybe at a faster rate or someone has a better 10 minute test average wattage that they're just going to be doing it at a better pace. So again, these are all ways for us to create an ideal program for an athlete. So let's talk about cyclical or conditioning work. Um, So, the first way you could do this is just based on heart rate. So, using different heart rate zones um, to make sure you're either staying within a certain intensity, staying below a certain intensity. We do that a lot on like rest days. I'll say, like, stay uh, in zone zero or in zone one to making sure that the work's very easy um, to make sure that you're actually being recovered. And there's a very obvious cap as to where you can be or where it's. Too much output for that particular day and make sure we get the rebound effect that we want out of that session. So it's just another way for us to measure the amount of work that you're doing um, relative to yourself, not relative to like an actual output on an erg. Um, So I would call that the output on the erg performance. Um, So this could be like your paces. So it might be like a 5K time trial pace plus uh, five to eight seconds or. Um, A 2K row pace minus two to three seconds. It's a way for you to get exactly what you want out of that workout. Um, You could use a wattage like I did before, like 90% of your 10-minute test average wattage for the bike um, or RPMs or et cetera, right? So... That's our second way that we could do it, or we could do it where it's just the best score that you could possibly get uh, spread across X number of sets, right? Where again, it's going to teach that person pacing. It's going to be much more specific, like you're going to see for the sport. And the last thing I want to talk about for silos really quickly is in Metcons. So sometimes I'll create silos in Metcons. Um, So again, it might be as simple as, you know, use 60% of your deadlift in this Metcon, Other times, I'm going to make sure that you actually use the prescribed weights. So like, you know, 95, 135, 185, 225, using the prescribed weights in the increments that they're often used is another way that you can get more specific in terms of net cons. So again, all of these are just different ways that we can create the most appropriate workout for an individual, even though it is a group program. So that's one of the ways that I believe the protocol is different is that I'm thinking about all the demographics of people that are doing the program. I'm not just doing this top-down approach as I'm writing it where it's written for the best athletes and then this trickle-down approach or the opposite where it's written for the people who are less skilled. um, And then you can just RX plus everything if you're somebody and just add weight or add reps or whatever. Um, Again, I think it needs to be more thoughtful and something that I'm really trying to do with this program. A few of the things that I think stand out with the protocol – I include coaches' notes for a lot of the different pieces that we'll be doing. Um, so, for example, if we have a certain metcon, I'm going to be writing about um, your pacing strategy that you should be using based on uh, whatever fitness level you're at. Um, I'll be thinking about how you can making sure that you're meeting certain movement standards, or thinking about how you should be creating efficiency uh, and economy in certain movements. Like all these different things that I think somebody should be paying attention to. If I was your coach as an individual design coach, um, that's what I would be doing. I'm going to be doing the same thing for the people that are doing the group design program also be doing the name game which is a sports style workout it's basically a metcon that is a test every Saturday and that's just another way to start to prepare for competition and be the best competitive athlete that you can Another thing that stands out is that I'm always going to have warm-up pieces, cool-down pieces, um, ability that's involved, optional sessions even, and recovery days. And these are all things that oftentimes get skipped in group programs and, and frankly, individual design as well, um, where the coach can cut out literally probably 40% of what they're writing if they don't write that stuff. And I just think that's wrong because if you want the effect of the workout – um, to be a certain thing, then you have to write that specific thing. Um, so I make sure to always write again, ups, cool downs, mobility work, all the recovery stuff, um, rehearsal rounds, anything that I want you to do that I think, um, is going to be appropriate for the program is in the weekly programming. I mean, that even includes demo videos and you name it, like everything is in the program. And of course, I will be there to answer any questions that you have and to interact with you. There is a form attached to each week of the protocol, and certainly I'm going to be interacting with people in there, trash talking, and you name it, everything else on there as well. So if you have any questions, feel free to email me at ben at So there you have it, guys. That's going to be my best attempt at group programming for CrossFit athletes. Hey, it's Ben again, and right now the protocol is live on Zorfitness.com. So if you go to the homepage, it'll be pretty obvious as to where it is. And if you go to ZordFitness.com slash premium, um, you can get a seven-day free trial. So you can preview the whole week to see if you like it or not before you actually subscribe and sign up. So if you do decide to sign up, it is $29 a month, which is a little on the cheaper side of programs, but I did that intentionally just because I want people to be able to afford it if they want to do the program. So it's like right around a dollar a day. It's very affordable for everyone. And as part of premium, it's not just the protocol, but it's also you can get access to the program vault, which is every program that I've ever written. You can download them all on the very first day if you want. It's not available during the trial just because I don't want everyone to download it and then not actually pay for anything and just leave right away. Um, But if you actually do sign up for the program, you will get access to all of Programs through the Vault, and then you'll also get access to premium articles, which I'll be publishing pretty frequently indefinitely moving forward. Um, so yes, you will still get access to some articles if you choose not subscribe to premium. But there's also going to be premium articles that are definitely in depth and more nuanced, and really some stats and analytics that um, I've done on the sport that I don't want going out to the general public that I want for myself and the athletes that I coach. Um, So if all this stuff sounds interesting to you, head over to ZorFitness.com slash premium and you get your seven-day free trial. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay the course.